Hey there, on this April 25, 2021, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun Barrett for long, and I believe you are connected because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning to you. We pray that you all have a blessed week and we have come to another Sunday morning where we are come ready to receive of the Lord. And now, precious, glorious, Loving God, we come before you this morning, first of all, to give your name the praise and the glory for who you are. You are our Lord. You are our God. You are our Savior. You are our friend, a kind, wonderful gentleman you are to us that loves us in spite of ourselves, and we worship you. You are the air that we breathe. You are the water that we drink. You are the life that's running warm in our veins. Your blood, your blood is now our blood, and our blood has given us life. And we honor you for that this morning with the ability to to be able to think on our own and to be able to talk and to see and hear and to be able to discern who you are and to captivate your face even though you're faceless, Lord. But everything that we look at, we see a face of your glory, and we honor you that for that. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for you so loving us that you gave your only begotten son, that so whosoever believes on you, on him, shall not perish but have everlasting life. So we announce Jesus this morning as, a, as our Lord and our Savior. We announce him to be our God. And, Father, we pray unto you in the name of your son, Jesus, the Lord. We pray, God, that you will forgive us of our sins, that what we have done aware and unaware. Father, we ask that you would cleanse us. Lord God, wash us with your blood. You promised that you said if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and you are just to forgive us. And God, we come short of your glory. And this morning we come with a renewed heart and a renewed mind that you may refresh us, that you may, Lord God, look upon us and give us grace and your mercy again. We thank you, Lord God, because now we are the righteousness of you through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord God, that you don't look at our faults, our frailties, our mistakes, our uh, discomforts, our fears, and our lacking of being all that we can be, Lord. And we thank you for overlooking at all of that and looking at us as the loving God that you are. You're a compassionate God. God, you could have gave us judgment a long time ago and cast us far away from you and and then shielded us forever coming into relationship or talking to you again. But because of your love and your tender mercy and your kindness, you have given us another opportunity to come before you. And that's not to come before you, but come before you boldly as your children. 
And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to come and sit at your feet for a few moments just to talk to you, Lord. You said we can cast all our cares on you because you care for us. And, Lord God, we come this morning, even before we get too far into our service this morning, we are casting things at your feet, Lord God, that doesn't even matter. We're casting heartaches. We're casting sicknesses. We're casting, Lord God, uh, uh, discouragement. And we're casting uh, lack of knowledge or the lack of having what we need, Lord God. We cast at your feet. Lord God, know that you will look at them and you will, you will look at them. You will unfold the pieces of our lives and you will read the stories and you will tell us and you will be able to minister to each and every one of us at our place of need, Lord. You will look beyond our straight faces and you will look beyond our tears, you will look you will look beyond our smiles. You will look beyond our frowns and you will see what generally we need and you will oh God administer to us exactly what we need in the time of need, where we need it and how we need it. And we thank you for that. And God, we just come this morning, Lord God, asking you to touch these old fever bodies that we have. Strengthen them, Lord God. Give them the strength that they need, Lord God. We pray, God, that you allow us to maneuver and to be able to do all of the tasks that you have placed before us. Lord God, touch us in those joints, Lord God, and lubricate those joints and and allow old Arthur to go away, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord God, that that old stiffness and, and, Lord God, that old muscles that don't want to act right. Lord God, we just pray, God, that you would touch them right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, we, 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 we live, we move because of you, Lord God. And we just pray, God, that you would touch Ah, especially my mamas, Lord God, on this on this service this morning. Touch them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. God, thank you, Lord God, for the blood that's running Rome in their veins and giving them the strength, Lord God, to continue to pray and to, to seek you, Lord God. God, through many dangers, tallest snares, you have kept them. And, God, you didn't keep them for uh, just to be keeping them. You kept them here for a reason. And I pray, Lord God, whatever those reasons are, and as you begin to use them and continue to reveal unto them their purposes in life, Lord, we just pray, God, that you would just allow their minds to be opened up, Lord God. Lord God, let, allow the, 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 the wine of your spirit, Lord God, to be in closed in vessels that is willing and able to hold the oil of your presence. This earth, Lord God, needs oil. It needs the oil. It needs the wisdom of our older people to pour into our younger people that they may understand some of the things that they have never seen, but they are experiencing them, Lord. And, Father, we live in the world. Many of us, all of us, wasn't there. Much damage was done to people. What much harm was done to people deliberately. We weren't there, but we are weeping the repercussion of it. And, Father, we pray to you, Lord God, because we don't know how to deal with all of the situations that we have faced. And a lot of us got a lot of ideas and which way we would want it to go and, and how to fix it, Lord God. But we come to you, Lord God, the author and the finisher of our faith. 
the orchestrator of our lives, Lord God. We come to you and asking you to give us the answers, Lord God. We we will open up our hearts, and we will be opening up our minds to be facilitators of that which you have given us or our places in in this time and this season, Lord. Oh, Father, many things have happened this week. We thank you for justice that has happened, Lord God, in the Floyd cases, Lord. But there's a lot of Floyd cases out there need to be attended to, Lord. There are a lot of people hurting this morning. Their hearts are crying out to you. They don't know which way to go, Lord. Father, there's something that daughters, Lord God, are, are hurting themselves. They're killing themselves, Lord. We don't we go to bed every night praying for our youth, praying for our children, praying for our grandchildren. Lord, bring them back home, Lord God. Give them, Lord God, what to do. Lord God, give them a safe place, Lord. Allow them to wake up and realize their place in the world. This is our prayer to you each and every day, Lord God. Oh, Father, we just pray, Lord God, as you continue to touch hearts, as you continue to touch people and motivate them, Lord God. You say that you have placed the word even in our mouth. And, God, we place the word even since it's in our mouth. We speak it in the atmosphere. Lord God, that our neighborhoods and our state, yea, even our nation, Lord God, will wake up from this sleep, this death sleep, Lord God, and come to a place of life. Lord God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, we need you, Lord. All people are scared. They don't know which way to go, Lord God. But we pray, Lord God, that the spirit of fear is broken and destroyed off the life of people. Lord God, allow people to stop maneuvering in places that they thought they would never maneuver in, places where they sound too old. I can't do that now. But allow them to know, Lord God, if you put it in their heart, you put it there for a purpose. And, Father, we thank Thank you, Lord God. Well, even now, I was so reminded of Caleb. Caleb been fighting for 80 years, and he finally got to the place of promise. And he said, I'm just as strong today that I was 40 years ago. Uh, that's the cry of the people that is on this service this morning, saying, I'm just as strong as I was I was 40 years ago. I'm just as, my mind is strong. My health is strong. My eyes are strong. My ears are strong. May feel a little pain and everything, but I'm just as strong, Lord God. I'm on the battlefield. I'm praying with people this morning that's on the battlefield, Lord God. They're on the battlefield. And they said they will not come down until they see justice, until they see change. Oh, Father, we pray this morning. We know that things will never be like they were. But, God, there's a fresh start. There's a new beginning. There's new life for somebody. And, God, we thank you for it. We thank you for revealing it, and we thank you for using us to usher it in in this day and this season, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for touching the hearts of legislators and touching the hearts of judges, touching the hearts of mayors and governors, Lord God, and city councils. Lord God, thank you for touching their hearts, Lord, as they move and have to make decisions for the livelihood of your people, Lord. We just pray, God, that you would just move, Lord. God, I pray, God, when they go to vote, when they go to make legislations and laws, God, that they will do, that they will be moved by you. They won't be moved by their emotions, Lord. But, God, even they have to jump the potty line, let them jump it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. 
We pray, Lord God, for a day, God, that we can, Lord God, have this, have, have the surroundings of us so peaceful, Lord God, that we could just, just leave our doors open again. But Father, Lord God, that that day would never come, God. We know you got angels. Ha! Uh-huh. You got angels, you got angels, you got angels. Hallelujah. I said you got angels. You got angels that are camped around our homes, Lord God. Oh, God, you got angels standing at our doors. You got angels at our windows. You got angels all around us. Oh, God, when we go to the mailbox, when we go down to the marketplace, Lord God, you got angels watching over us. Lord God, we thank you for your angels. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for them coming in every form and shape and fashion that you send them. <laughs> oh, my God. My God, thank you for your angels. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. We, we don't see you working on our behalf, but our angels are fighting for us. <laughs> oh, they're on the, they, oh, they the four corners of our homes, Lord, fighting against every demonic force that's trying to get his way in. But we thank you, Lord. We thank you for your angels. Thank you for your angels. Thank you for your angels watching over oh, us. And God, we thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord God. Oh, God, whatever you do. Don't take your Holy Spirit away from us. Always abide with us. Oh, God, always be with us. You said you'll be with us even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for it. We praise you, Lord. And we give your name the glory. And we give your name the praise. And it is so in Jesus' name. It is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well, with my soul. At this time, we're going to a time of meditation and a place that you can lay your cares and your burdens and whatever's on your heart. We can take it to the Lord. Let's take it to the Lord now. It is well, it is well, with my soul, with my soul, it is well, it is well, with my soul. Amen. And Father, bless this service. Bless our pastor as we bring forth the word today. We pray, God, that your spirit will be upon this land. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Morning, first virtual. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, 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 Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. Good 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 morning.
Good morning. You know, I'm going to say like my mama used to say, it sounds like all y'all got some manners this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I remember when I would walk in the house and, and I had guests in, guests to come with me in the house. And when they come in the house and they don't speak, my mama said, you ain't got no manners. Hallelujah. But we thank God for you being with us today. And you, and you get y'all got manners. God knows y'all ready to have service this morning. Thank you. It's so good to hear all of you all voices. Look, I'm pretty sure that you will not be disappointed by the time you get off this service this morning. You will truly know that you've been in the presence of the Lord. And we thank you for joining us this morning on the behalf of our pastor, Dr. Barrick, and all of the people of the Most High God. If you're a visitor, we thank you for choosing us to be with us today. And I pray that you will enjoy yourself and you'll come back and visit us um, on next Sunday and even on next Wednesday. Well, God bless you and all you all sit tight. I hope you got your coffee in a secure place and ready for some good old church this morning. God bless you. Brother Dennis, how you doing this morning? I'm good, Pastor Boo. Thank you. Thank you for waking us up with that rousing prayer and rousing welcome. I've got everybody going this morning. That's a great thing. Going in the Lord, Praise right? Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. 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 You know, uh, and I remind them, it's just not on Sundays. We need to praise the Lord as a pastor. We need to praise Him every day. Praise every day. That's right. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor Boo. Thank you. You be blessed today, brother. You too. Uh, well, as Pastor Bruce said, it's another day. It's a glorious day. We had a little rain yesterday. The flowers are blue. The azaleas are pretty. And, uh, you know, as I was taking my little walk, uh, which I do every day, um, to keep my um, boy's figure, we'll, we'll say it that way. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you know, the fragrance of the flowers, it, it, it's just so pretty. Sometimes I just have to stop and just, you know, breathe it all in and just, you know, it's amazing. You know, God sometimes has a way of just blocking out the world. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you just get one with the Lord and, you know, cars could be wisdom by, but you're just, you know, I was just standing there just asking him and what the Lord has created, you know, his flowers and his trees and listen to his birds sing. You know, you can, you just kind of go off in your own little space and, uh, and, uh, and commune, commune with nature and to talk to the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's my prayer every day that I have a chance to just the Lord, spend some time with him and, and just look at his wonderful creation. You know, don't look at the, the big potholes in the street or the smoking cars that go by that man has created. You know, let's look at the things that the Lord has, has had his hand in from the beginning. The sun in the sky and the beautiful clouds and the rain. You know, but anyway, okay, that's enough for my nature tour this morning. We are going to look at the... Uh, 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 Something that, uh, you know, has been on my heart. You know, we, we go through a lot of things. I, I've been through a lot of trials in, in my life. And, and uh, you know, I think uh, as, uh, you know, Pastor Eric was talking about how, how Peter had uh, faced a lot of troubles in his life and the things he went through and how, how uh, you know, his, his uh, world around him shaped who he was. I think sometimes the world around me shaped who I was. Uh, sometimes we we tend to uh, lean 
lean in the wrong direction or, or we we hang with the, the uh, well, sometimes we figure, okay, this is the right people. This is who I need to be with. This is who I need to hang with. This is who I need to, to listen to. And then we find out that uh, maybe they're not the right people. Maybe they're not who we need to hang with or, or do or do things with. You know, like uh, Pastor Booth was talking about, you know, the politicians. Sometimes they need to step across that line and then to be with their other politicians and vote on things that that uh, that help us. Not because they're they're party driven, but because it's it's biblical. Uh, and, and that's that's important. And you know, I uh, I found a verse in John, uh, and uh, you know, the apostle John wrote a lot of different things. But in John uh, chapter sixteen thirty three, he 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 says a little something that uh, you know, if you you know, it, if you listen to what Jesus says, you know, it's amazing. Sometimes you know, it's just two two sentences. Or sometimes it's just one sentence. And then and if you, you think about it and you spend time on that sentence and you ask, Lord, ask, ask God, to, okay, help me. Help me understand what you're trying to tell me by, by this, what I'm reading. Uh, and it's, it's amazing what you learn and, and how you can uh, use it and apply it to who you are and, and what you're doing. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's important. I think we should remember uh, you know, what we read and, and how how we apply it to our lives. You know, Satan has a way of getting in there and going, well, that can't be true. You know, that can't be right. But, you know, uh, we know this comes from God. You know, we, we, we hold the good book up and we have to believe what the good book says because it, it's God's word. And we have to we have to build our life around that. You know, we build our life on faith, faith. Faith in Jesus, faith in the Lord, Savior, faith in God, faith in what he's done. And in John um, 16:33, it says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace in this world. You will have trouble. Oh, yeah, we know that, right? We know that we, have, we may have peace and we will have trouble, but God gives us that we can have peace because take heart, he says, I have overcome the world. Do you believe that? I do. Amen. He overcame sin, right? He took the, the, the keys of, of hell and away from Satan so that he can defeat sin. He tells us what to do and how to do it. If we have a problem and we go to the Lord, he helps us overcome that problem. I know in my own life when I struggled with things and I turned it over, turned, truly, truly turned it over to God. He overcame it. He took care of it for me. He got rid of it. He put it far from me as he could, and he keeps reminding me, I got rid of it. You don't need this anymore. Why are you even thinking about it? You're, it's gone. I got rid of it. Don't worry about it. I took care of it. When I hung on that cross, it was gone. It was gone for you. I took it and got rid of it. So he overcame all my problems, and I have to understand that. You know, when you turn something over to somebody, it's like, you know, uh, uh, this uh, past uh, week or so, uh, you know, I sold a, my wife sold her car because uh, she had got something with it. But anyway, it's like, 
you know, she said, well, I had that car from the, you know, from the, the brand new to where it is today. And here's the keys. You know, okay, it's time to move on. Turn that, turn it over. Give them the keys. You know, I, I gave the keys of my life to God. I gave the keys of my life to Jesus. I gave the the control of my life to Jesus and God. And that's hard to do. You know, sometimes it's hard. I want to take it back. I want to take control. I want I can do better. Can I do better than what God can? Oh, let me know. If you find a way to do better than God, let me know. I'd love to know that, but I know that's not true. No one can do better than God. No one can take care of you better than God. No one can build you up and give the strength that you need to what? To overcome. Overcome what? Whatever bothers you. If you have a sin in your life you need to overcome, give it to God. He'll take care of it. If you have a trouble in your life, give it to God. He'll take care of it. You know? And and and, and he'll help you. He'll he'll give you the resources to find out how to take care of it, how to get rid of it. If you're sick, he gives you the resources to find the right person to heal you, the right physician to go to. Or sometimes he takes care of himself. He lays his hands on you and it's gone. How do you do that? How does he do that? Why does he do that? Because he loves us. He loves us. He loves us no matter who we are or what we're doing. He loves us. He overcame the world for us so that we may have peace in the world. And it's hard hard to understand that because the world is so discombobulated. That's a big word even for me. You know, because sometimes it's like, wow, did you see what happened now? The Lord I don't care what happened. I want you to know what happened in my life. The Lord Jesus gave me salvation and he gives me love every day. He loves me. No matter what I do, he loves me. And when I need help and when I need to be lifted up, I talk to God. I talk to Jesus. Help me. Give me give me the strength I need to get to get through today. Give me the strength I need to, to be a witness to who you are. And when I'm not a witness to who you are, beat me up. Beat me up, Lord. Beat me up. Tell me I should be, I should be bold. I should be bold in my witness to you. I should be bold in what I say to other people about how Jesus has affected my life and changed my life and, and made me who I am. You know, we all have a testimony, and we all should testify. We should testify that the Lord Jesus is our Savior and how he's protected us, how he's lifted us up, how he's changed us, how he's guided us. But most of all, most of all, here it is. You ready? How he loves us. He loves us. Unconditionally. Unconditionally. Look that word up. It's a big word. It means a lot, but it's unconditional. He doesn't say, oh, if you quit smoking, I'll love you. No, he loves you now. Oh, if you quit drinking, I'll love you. No, he loves you now. Oh, if you quit chasing those No, he loves you now. He still loves you no matter what you're doing. He just wants you to know that no matter where you're at, he's there. You just have to recognize that fact and lift yourself up and say, okay, Lord. Okay. All right. I see you. Help me. Here's my hand. Can you pull me up? Pull me out of the gutter? And guess what? You turn your life over to him. You turn your whole way of thinking and your whole life just changes. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, we get discouraged. Oh, I've been praying to God for so long. Well, you know, if you read the Bible, Jesus prayed to God in the garden. And what did he want? He wanted the, 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 the trials to be taken away from him. He wanted the cup of of, of, of uh, sorrow. He wanted a cup of the pain that he was going to face uh, with, for our sins. He knew what he was going to face. And he said, Lord, Lord, 
not my will, but your will be done. You know, uh, 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 help me out of here. But no, no, uh, you, you're going to be in control. I, I turn my life over to you because I know you're going to handle it for me. And no matter what I'm going through, in the end, what happens? Right, we know what happens. He raises us and he gives us eternal life and salvation through his death on the cross. And if he faced that kind of pain and suffering for us, surely, surely we can get through what we're going through. We know that he gives us, he has a plan for us, and he will give us the peace that we need because he what? He overcame the world. He overcame the world for us. He overcame sin for us. Think about it. Think about it. And just, you know, if you just dwell on that long enough, not only will you start believing in who God is, you'll be believing in yourself. You'll get yourself the motivation that you need to get up and get started. You know, it, it, I, uh, I was in a class one time, and there, it was a lecture, and everybody, you know, we're all sitting around having a good time, I don't know, it was 20, 30 of us, whatever, in the room, and, and the, the guy was in charge, he says, everybody comfortable in those nice big chairs? Oh, yeah, it was pretty cool. He said, we've got a lot, lot, lot to talk about today, so get really comfortable. And, uh, he said, wait a minute, no. He said, that's not why we're here. We're not here to be comfortable. We're here to, to do something. And you all just need to get up and get out of those chairs. Because if you stay where you're at, you're never going to be who you need to be. And see, that always stuck with me. Sometimes we get too comfortable in our chairs. We get too comfortable sitting in the pews. We get too comfortable being self-righteous in ourselves okay sometimes we just need to be out there out there letting people know who Jesus and who God is and how he has helped us and changed our lives and and you know the Bible tells us that's what we need to do you know uh, and if you look at all the you know disciples and apostles I mean that's what they did that's what they did after after Jesus and God gave them the strength to do that but see he gave them the strength he came the Holy Spirit to be out there and speak, speak in so many tongues, speak in the languages of people that they understood who they are. We understand who they are. I don't speak all the languages that people do. Sometimes, you know, I'm an old guy, so I speak the old, old guy language. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not a hippie guy or a hip-hop guy or a rap type guy. But, you know, there are people out there that do know how to talk and do know how to reach young people, you know. But we have that advantage because we know who Jesus is and how Jesus helped us. But our testimony is strong. Believe me, it is strong. Your testimony is strong. You, know, you say, oh, well, I don't know how to talk to people about who Jesus is. Talk to them about who you are in Jesus. That's all you need to do. You don't have to be all this flowery and, and thou shalt and he shalt and we shall. No, just tell them what God did for you, how God loves you and how he died for you and how he overcame the sins of your life that you may have salvation. And that's what we have to search. Build on we have to build on our own Christianity. Build on our own faith in who God is. And remember that when we go for a walk and we look around, it's God's creation. It's not man's creation. It's God's birds and God's trees and flowers and sun and stars and moon and and, and just greatness of it. And just the beauty of it. No matter what man try to do to destroy that beauty, God is always there for us. And he'll always be 
beautiful, and that's what we should remember. God is always beautiful in our eyes. Jesus is always beautiful in our eyes. Amen and amen. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Everybody fell asleep. I'm sorry. Good morning. You did good. I thought you was ready for your revival. (laughs) I was going to be dancing in the aisles, but I I didn't hear anything. I I, I thought I was at a fundamentalist church. You were just teaching a revival. Everybody needs revival. Almost I almost called for the altar call and just went home. <laughs> hey, we have to have a, no, I ain't going there. All right, that works. Hallelujah. Well, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, good morning. It's always good to see you. It's always good to see you. I can see you. I'm like Mama Bell. I can see you. You're pretty with your nice dresses on. That's right. Mhm. Mhm. Bad nice y'all can't see how good I look today. Mhm. 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 I see. I see. Uh-huh. I see. From the head to the toe. I tell you. Mhm. Whoa. Even, even the stockings is on fire. Got it. They all <laughs> matching and blending together. Mhm. 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 Mm-hmm. The shoes go with the stockings. The stockings go oh, with the yeah. skirt. The skirt go with the hat, and everything got a little line and just go right oh, yeah, down each too. side, all the way to the floor. Mm-hmm. Designer. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave them alone because they they think we're Forgive us, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us, Oh boy. <laughs> I was uh, having a call this morning. While you were in service, I have a friend who's over Mama Bell. You go ahead and get your fingers in the water. Okay. On the get, way. Ready to tickle, get ready to tickle them ivories over there. Okay. And I was uh, chatting with him via the Instagram. We were sliding each other's DMs, as they say. And he is a reporter in... Uh, over in India, and they got some issues over there, most of which does not hit our TV screens because for some reason it's just not important at this moment in time, and there's a whole other piece of business for that. don't have time to discuss that here. But in all the different things he was discussing, there was something that hit me. He just said in passing, like, nothing was wrong. But he said uh, he got his vaccine today, and it cost him $16 to get it. And I said, wait, 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 ho, 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 go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. I said, you had to pay to get vaccinated? He said, yeah. Some people paying anywhere between 8 to $20 for two shots. Mm-hmm. Heard that. And we getting it free. Mm-hmm. It's God. I would like to say that in, in reference that a lot of folks don't like this nation. 
There's a lot of problems to it, and I'll be the first to admit it. I have spent at least half of this year criticizing things. But when you compare it to some of the nations on this earth, if not all of them, and you get deep down into the governments, into the integral parts of these nations, you will find no one more unique than this one. Thank you, Jesus. And it's because of our complexities. It's because mm. you have a nation that has so many things trying to be crammed into one hole. That's what makes it hard. We're different cultures and ideas and ideologies, all trying to blend together for one perfect union. That's what makes it hard. But this social experiment that we call these states united is one that is rivaled the world over. So I say that and hope that you would, if you haven't gotten your shots yet or haven't talked to your doctor, please do that. Also, before Mama Bell hits some keys, I want to mention this, and I got to go because I got a long way to go in a short time to get there. Uh, do you mind if I cut in here? I'm so very sorry for interrupting your time together, but I wanted to ask you a question. First of all, I wanted to thank you. On behalf of the platform by which you have chosen to listen, I also want to do that. Thank you. And I want to ask that, uh, well, I guess this is my question to make, well, to plead, to ask. This is just, just going ahead, not try to be funny and fancy with the words. Have you, uh, you know, checked out your platform's requirements to make sure you get these conversations each and every time they are released that could be like follow add subscribe i think that's about all that that is out there would you do that you know each and every sunday and wednesday we're here with with these meditations i hope that like i said if you like them that you will want to not have to remember but you know make sure it just pops up soon as they hit the internet, which is somewhere between this time and if you're listening to this as soon as it hits or, you know, I don't really know where you are, what time you're you're consuming this, but I'm sure that uh, if it's live now, then it's probably going to be live every time you come at this time, which is pretty, yeah, cool, right? Great, 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 great. Also, um, if you would do something for me as well, would you... Um, Check with some friends, slide in their DMs, tweet them, Snapchat them, Facebook them, email them, tie the URL to this piece of business to a bird's beak and fly to their house. And it really doesn't matter how you do it. But can you make sure that they get this? That would be completely awesome sauce. And also what I cut out there, we were talking about Norfolk politics and since most of you are probably not from Norfolk, then it doesn't apply to you. But can you consider what's going on in your local governments? If you were a part of these states united, nine times out of ten, there may be some primaries going on for state and local elections as we're preparing to uh, come into a off uh, season here. November, that's mostly where our governorships and state houses and things are considered. Can you 
you know, make sure you know what's going on. You put President Biden in office, those of you who are about that life, last year, but now we got to give him some help. So can you, like I said, check it out. Find out what's going on in your neck of the woods and make sure that these things that you are passionate about cannot just get passed down or made in, in a little town known as Washington, D.C., but they can interject into your houses, your communities. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. I, I'll get out your way because you got things to do. Like, you know, well, I'll just get out your way. Mama Bell? Okay, all right. Good morning. <laughs> I know, I know Pastor Booth is over there dancing in his shoes. Yeah. In honor of him. We had the same mind today. Same mind. Amen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. First, first John. Almost got nervous with Brother Dennis this morning. Mm. Mama Bell and Booth in the same song, and 
me and Brother Dennis talking about the same guy. Okay. And we're going to and sell it off. Me and Mama Bell wearing the same color. <laughs> <laughs> Mm Mm-hmm. They said you lying. If I'm in my bath coat, I still look good. First John chapter two verses fifteen through seventeen. Uh, uh Brother Dennis got the Holy Ghost, so I'm gonna try to uh, be uh, be nice, but I may have a Maxine Waters moment. Maxine Waters said, "Reclaiming my time." Uh huh. So if I get to eight o'clock and I say, "Reclaiming my time," just you know, leave me alone. <laughs> Verse 15 of First John chapter 2 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of one's possessions, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away but one who does the will of God will remain forever I had a conversation earlier as I said and I failed to admit that that was somewhat the conclusion of the conversation I've been having and from the talks that I've been having I kind of found myself in this passage and uh, in those conversations that I said uh, this passage led me to the mindset that I'm just not feeling this I'm just not feeling this I lost a piece of paper I'm glad I got a good brain because I stoned on all that paper. Kind Father, we thank you for this opportunity for us to sit here and listen, we as your spiritual jurors, to this case that you shall present to us. We ask that we will, without shadow of doubt, hear what you have to say and understand what your purpose is for us in this hour. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 I have, uh, as I mentioned, been in conversation with members of a community that you may or may not have heard of or you may have heard of, I'm sure, uh, 
but not really put a label to, known as Gen Z. Gen Z is the community of people by which was born somewhere around 1990. They are what you call George Bush 1 or George Bush 41 babies. Generally, when you think about the culture, in some instances, depending upon who you ask, it's definitely a debate. But when you judge a generation, it is somewhat defined by a 12 to 20-year spectrum. That 12 years can be depicted upon a president, which is mostly where it's defined. For instance, those who speak to people like me will call those in my category a Reagan baby, as I was born in the middle of Reagan's second term. And then there's the Bush babies, 41, which I just mentioned kicked off the Generation Z, and they passed through the Clinton years, the Obama years, and that is where that piece of business has found its conclusion. But the fascinating thing about Generation Z is they are, for the most part, your grandchildren. They have a different ideology as it pertains to life, a different perspective as it pertains to life. They don't think the same way. They did not grow up in a society of segregated water fountains. They don't understand black schools versus white schools. They don't understand the struggle for busing and proper books. They don't know what it means to be colored. And so they found themselves in this time in a war, but the war is different from that of the previous generations. Even when you look at my generation, some would argue that I am in Generation X. Others would argue that I am in Generation Z. Some would argue that we are just a generation that has no home. But our generation, the 90s, which was literally a reflex, if you will, of the generation prior, focused its attention on rap music that was more salacious, that was more harding than music focused on guns and knives and expensive cars and homes, many of which they didn't even own. They painted a picture that was not real baggy clothes that hang below the waist, drugs and violence that were the centerpiece of those pieces of art. But the situation has changed now. You have a generation who is not focused on cars, they're not focused on houses, they're not focused on 
expensive jewelry. They don't need to flash money making it rain, if you will. But they're focused on their brothers. They're focused on their sisters. They're focused on those who look and do not look like them. I'm confused. I'm confused because when I look at Generation Z versus Generation X, especially when you take time to do the research, if you will, please feel free, Google is your friend. I find that Generation Z compared to Generation X, even though that generation before, at least the end of it, was more violent, they were more spiritualized. They were more religious. Kanye West and Tupac and Dr. Dre and all of those fine friends were prodigies of the church. As a matter of fact, when you listen to most of those artists from that time period, Fantasia, Beyonce, Whitney Houston, the list goes on, they started in church. And yet some of their music and the lifestyle by which they portrayed contradicted it. And then we have this new generation who seemingly is in line with the scriptures, yet they hate it. As a matter of fact, between Generation X and Generation Z, some 50% increase is the targeted number in how many will not or have not ever participated in church. They're not interested. They don't want church, the Bible, or a preacher. It's very fascinating because, as I mentioned, this Generation Z, when you listen to them, they line up with the Bible. They love those who are different from them. They are courteous about the planet by which they live. But why? Do they not want church? But before I get to that piece of business, I find myself looking at another piece. As I mentioned earlier, this generation now is a little bit different from one that you may be accustomed to. Not only are they not familiar with the stresses and the struggles of the strife of the of the uh, can't even get the word out I was trying to say. Thank you for letting me blunder. The plight of the struggle. That's what I wanted to say. They don't know about the Edmund Pettus Bridge, except for in a dictionary, or, or not a dictionary, an encyclopedia, or on the Google. But they have just that, the Google. In your generation, many of you, if you didn't have books, you probably didn't know. If you didn't get school, you didn't get anywhere. Those days have drastically changed. You can open a business with YouTube. You can build anything you want just on Google. The search through Snapchat, 
TikTok has become the virtual classroom of success, the university of the future. The last 20 some odd months, 14 to be distinct, has proven that TikTok is the virtual classroom, that YouTube is where you will get the best learning and the best education, that Google is the greatest textbook. They're different. They see the world differently. They do not like nor contribute nor wish to be attached to the stench of yesterday. Some would argue that young people are just now realizing things that grandma and grandpa learned a long time ago. There's another piece of business to that, and I'm not going to deal with that here. But I will say this. They are determined, these young people, that what grandmama and grandpa tolerated will end with them at all costs. I was chatting with somebody. I don't know who it was. I, I want to say it was first lady. I want to say that. I think I'm right. And if I'm wrong, she'd get the credit for it. So it was a good idea. So just go ahead and throw it to it. That might give you some cool points down the road. In the words of George Bush, son, laugh, please. Well, one person heard my laugh request. She said to me, as I want to say it was her, but I'm not sure, but I, I just want to go ahead and say it here, so I just move on. We were talking about what would the world look like if Martin Luther King or Malcolm X had returned. Who would be the centerpiece of this generation? And she said, I doubt it would be Martin Luther King. He was too nice. He was too loving. It would be more Malcolm X because Malcolm X was ready for war. And then I thought about it. I said maybe those two were different sides of the same coin. And in a reincarnated state, they would come back as Martin Luther X. Because you have a generation that is very loving, very compassionate, but at the same time tolerating nothing. They don't want to talk. They don't want to discuss. I listen to people sit down and in our media, and they ask we should have a conversation, and that word conversation is almost like you just poured hot oil down their throat boils their insides. There is nothing to discuss, one has said. It's either act or go sit down. And because of this rise in a generation of people 
who have refused to accept the status quo. We have a rise in things that we never experienced before. I must reiterate that I said this generation is well-educated. They have Google. They have their political leaders at their disposal. They play video games with AOC on the, on the Twitch. Sits down sometimes three and four hours and discusses policy and how to win the latest level of Fortnite. They're on other streams, Facebook Live, Instagram Live. They are very connected to their political leaders, not just at the top of the ticket, but all the way down the dog catcher. They're very behaved. When you look at latest statistics, you will find that most of our young people who are being gunned down in the streets are not criminals. Black-on-black crime is at an all-time low. Black young people are not being as rambunctious in schools as they once were. They're well-behaved. They say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They open doors for their ladies. They pull out chairs the same. They know that prison is not a home for them unless under severe circumstances by which they must stand up for their rights, but at the same time, they seek for higher options in life. But it's the good side is there. It's also the bad. They're more stressed. And most importantly, they suffer more from depression. Their world is nowhere near the same. In a generation far, far away, you could look forward to getting a nice job with a comfortable salary that came with one or two perks, some benefits, a nice severance package, and and if you last it 30-something years, you get a nice gold watch, a kick in the behind, and you can go home and sit by the mailbox. Those days are no more. You can put $2 in the bank, come back and see it three, four months later, and it might be two seventy-five. Those days are no more. A nice home that Back yonder might have cost you thirty or forty thousand dollars. Now, a nice comfortable car is at that price, which leads this generation to think of other alternatives. Most of them are not interested in buying homes. They're not interested in being stable. They're going more towards a nomadic society, a nomadic way of living. They're going and buying vans and converting them into mobile apartments because it allows them access to move and grow, not through a book or through a classroom, but through everyday life. And then 
We ask again, why people who have seemingly connected to the scriptures, as I just point pointed out here very eloquently, at least in my mind. There's one article I read about this van lifestyle or way of living. He was interviewed and he said, Why are you living in vans? He had a good job. They're not broke. I must reiterate, they're not stupid. And some of them are not uneducated by societal standards. This gentleman in this article that I was mentioning had a double master's degree and left a job on Wall Street making six, almost seven figures. But he felt something in his gut that said go. And he said, this atheist-minded individual which also confuses me. He said, this world and its things mean nothing to me. I'm not interested. Yes, I can go get that big house over there with a couple cars in the garage, but that doesn't, that doesn't interest me. That doesn't fulfill me. Yes, I can have this comfortable Wall Street job with an account that allows me to expense some two, three thousand dollar dinners. But I'm okay with this can of oodles and noodles. Watching the sunset in the backside of the Sahara Desert. I do not like this societal way of living, he said. I'm confused. I'm confused because when you look at those who connect the church, they seem to be moving towards a way of life that speaks against the ideals of those who do not wish to be a part. And as I said, those who don't want to be here are more connected. It confuses me. I'm torn and tossed, which has somewhat led to my high stress levels. When I think about the fight for those who have what they call alternative lifestyles, Hate the sin, not the sinner. I can't find that in the Bible. But what I can find is we all have sinned and fallen short. And as one article I read stated, who am I to judge somebody else for their life when mine is the way that it is? I live my life. They should be allowed to live theirs. I'm not trying to say who's right and who's wrong. I'm trying to say I'm not judge, jury, and executioner. Compelling people to come is not convicting them or condemning them or saying, nowhere do you read a condemning message 
from my Lord and Savior, except for when he was talking about church folks. And then we have this other piece of business. As I work my way in for a landing, I read of the story of a young man who did some traveling. He was an African-American man, or so he wanted to claim, and I will definitely make that or help make that more sense, hopefully, down the road. This African-American man went on a pilgrimage to a small village in Africa. And he got to that village. And he started to look around at all the different people, things that made up that piece of this planet we know as Earth. While that young man was exploring, this African wise one approached him, recognizing that he must be new as he knew all the persons that was a part of the community. It's a very small community. They asked him, what are you doing here? The African-American man said, my journey led me here. This is my roots. And that wise man looked at him. He said, oh? He said, yes, my roots come here. He said, really? How do you know that? Well, all black people come from Africa. He said, they do? Yes, I am from here. This is who I am. He said, really? Yes. He said, let me ask you this question. He said, first of all, follow me over here. Just come with me. You see this big tree right here? He said, yes. He said, this is a nice big tree, but way down yonder is not one root, but a root system. And even if this great land of Africa was the seed, it is not the system. What he was trying to explain to that young man is that he appreciated the fact that he felt that he should come back to this, his Mecca, but he wanted him to know your root is not with people that you don't even know. Yes, the line traces here, but in that line could be rapists. And that line could be sexual acts that were not supposed to be. In that line is not necessarily pure. And so if you follow a root, 
all the way back, you might find yourself more devastated than you already are. But I just want to let you know something this wise man said. The root system was put inside of you before you were formed. You had a root. Who you are was put inside, not through the bloodline of humans. That root system was put through the planting of your creator. That young man listening to him, he asked him a question. He said, I'm confused. What do I do? He said, you have to seek not your human root, but your heavenly root. Seek ye first the kingdom and his system, and everything you want will be given to you. That young man, as he began to leave, he was patted on the back. He said, let me tell you something. You're not an African-American. You're not a black American. You're an American who just happens to be black. Just like I'm an African who just happens to be black. My nation is not who I am. My nation is where I was born. But who I am is deep down inside of me. And so you go home or you stay here. It doesn't really matter to me what you choose to do. But whether you go or whether you stay, know who you are. Not based off of this world, young man, but based off of the creator of it. As I said, and I bring this down yonder, my wheels have come up. Grandmama gone ahead and, well, they went down. I didn't come up. They went down. That's what happens when you land a plane. The wheels come down. Get it right. Thank you very much for that moment of blunder. When I look at this generation, as I said, their fight for social justice, their fight to protect, their fight against greed and selfishness and political and religious oppression, they recognize something that I believe would be the centerpiece for your next family reunion when you recognize that we all have fallen short. That we all are created. That we all have deep down inside a root system. And then this other thing, going back to that man who was in the van. In the end of his article, he made this profound statement. He, being an atheist, confused me that he could almost quote it verbatim. When they asked him, shouldn't you consider 
these types of jobs or this type of community. He said, I wish to not conform to this world. But I am driving through this van because I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. And he said, his grandmama come to pray. He said, the one thing I've learned, and he didn't say it like this, but I would like to end it like this. As I've traveled these streets, he says, I've learned that I need you. You need me. We're all part of a one body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of one body. It is a will. He didn't know who that will was because he was atheist, but we know that it is God's will that every need be supplied. And he said as he was going around picking up trash in the park, he says, I do this because I need you just like you need me to survive. My dear mother, grandmother. As Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 1b, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. Then say I, Aha, Lord God. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. For the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I commanded thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my word in thy mouth. Precious Father, we come this morning. As we come this morning, God, we come humbly before you, asking you to make us what you have made us to be. You formed us, God. You know the way you want us to go. And God, help us to look to you from whence cometh our health and strength. To realize, oh God, that we are special children. You touched us. You made us. And God, you owned us. And you want us to be as you would have us to be. Teach us, oh God, how to seek you first, the kingdom of heaven, and all things will be added unto us. Teach us, O oh God, to rely on your word. As we read your word, open up our understanding that we might know what you have us to do. Help us, O oh God, not to be afraid, but help us to trust you, believe you, and do your will. God, you got one thing for one person, you got something for somebody else. God, you don't it's not one size fit all because, God, you give us all different talents, different abilities. And help us, oh, God, 
to stir up that gift that you have given us and help us to go forth as shining lights in this dark world, letting men and women, boys and girls know that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Let them see you in us. Help us to be them shining lights in this dark world. Help us to be able to stand firm on your word. Help us, O God, to be encouragers one to another, trusting you, knowing that you say you will be with us. You will never leave us, neither will you forsake us. You will be there wherever, wheresoever we go. You are with us. Help us to remember that you are here all the time, standing in line waiting to bless us, trusting you, God. Help us, O God, to just put our trust in you. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, help us to be shining lights turning our families, that we lead our families to you, that we will tell our loved ones about you. It's you have kept us. It's you have brought us to this special day. And we thank you this morning. Help us to take this word that you have sent and help us to walk in the light of this word. Help us to love in, as you have given us to do. Oh, God, we need you. We depend on you, and we trust in you. Bless every listening ear this morning. Bless everyone, every family, God. Help us, oh, God, to be the instruments that you have called us to be. We just thank you this morning, God. We praise you for the word that you have sent, and we asking you to let us walk in the light of your word. Let us walk. Let us talk. Let us be what you've called us to be. We thank you this morning. We thank you for loving us. We thank you, O oh God, for strengthening us this day. We thank you, dear God, for all things. You say in all things, in all things, in all things, give thanks. Whatever situation we're in, help us to say thank you, Jesus. We thank you because, God, you told us not to be afraid, but to trust you and to know you are in every situation. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Let this little light, your little light shine, that others may see Christ in you. Have a great and wonderful week. May God truly bless you. It is well. Bless it you all. It is well. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs>